And welcome, listeners, to episode 14 of the Ministry of Dice podcast. We're a UK-based podcast that loves to talk about all things Dice Masters in the United Kingdom. I'm Chris, otherwise known online as True Mr. Six, and with me today I have Andy. A.K.A. Albus Dumbledore. <laughs> Since when's Albus Dumbledore been a Geordie? <laughs> He's always been a Geordie. <laughs> Speaking of, of literary greats, a little known fact for the listeners there, Andy actually had a long and energetic affair with J.K. Rowling and actually features as one of the characters in the Harry Potter range. Nobody really knows who she based on Andy, but often the suspicion is it's it's Dobby. Dobby? Yeah. It's not Dobby, it's another character, but I'll leave the listeners to suggest who that is. <laughs> Yeah, uh, answers on a postcard, please, folks. Or, or even better yet, go to the BritRoll6.com website and add it in the comments for all to see. Good evening, Andy, or evening as we record, like I say every week. How are you doing? Yeah, good morning, mate. I am doing all right. I'm doing good. You? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. I'm feeling like that's not my best intro. <laughs> but, they, but they can't all be winners, can they? So, yeah, we've got a jam-packed episode this week, haven't we? We have loads of stuff. Loads of stuff that, well, one segment in particular that might have been accidentally missed out of last episode. Yeah, that's my bad. <laughs> Some people might have noticed that we mentioned return of a fan favourite segment uh, and then maybe referring to not historical figures, Dice Masters in the outro. However, someone might have forgotten to actually add it into the edit. So um, apologies for that. I don't know who that someone might be. However, whoever they are, I'm sure they feel a little bit silly and stupid about it. Flat wrists, Christopher. Yes, so that's right. We have a segment in this week that was supposed to go in episode 13 two weeks ago. My apologies, everyone. Although nobody came out of the woodwork saying, where's this bit? Where's this other bit? <laughs> I know. No one that, noticed. So the amount of time and effort and energy I put into writing those little blurbs... And I'm not even sure anyone's reading them. <laughs> I listen to them, mate. Or I read them, mate. Thank you. Thank you. It, it's, that's all I need is just one one individual to be enjoying that's them. Fun. Yeah. So it is a jam-packed episode because not only have we got the content that we planned on putting out this week, but we've also got content from a previous episode that I failed to put out. But as always, Andy, I always like to ask, what have you been up to in your gaming life? Uh, Gaming-wise, I've hardly got any. and It's been very busy. i played a couple of games with you. Sure. Uh, getting your hundred games up i've been spending my time thinking about harry potter names that sound good in different dialects of the uk right like albus dumbledore sure um, so geordie's quite good geordie's uh-huh. quite good for albus dumbledore and aloha mora right <laughs> there's more but maybe i'll save them for maybe the next intro Okay, yeah, please do. I'm, I'm really unsure where to go with that, but that does sound like you've been very, very busy. <laughs> I've had a bit of time on my hands. My, uh, my gaming partner in crime, who used to live down in Southampton, Javier, he has moved away. He moved away a couple of months ago to Maidenhead, so I don't get to play all the weird and wonderful oh, no. games that we used to play with. So I've got more time on my hands to think about random stuff like Harry Potter names from different in different accents of the uk yeah okay well keep us updated on your progress with that one run on um, 
<laughs> this could very well be the ideal time then, my man, to get down to that. Well, is this board game cafe that you were telling us about some episodes ago? Has that picked up any steam yet? No, apparently they didn't get planning for the mega game centre down in Southampton that uh, was being pitched. The Southampton City Council threw their ideas out the window and said, no, no enjoying board games oh, in dear. Southampton. Naughty Southampton Council. Yeah. We uh, we don't appreciate that, do we? Rubbish. It's rubbish. Yeah. So. Okay, well, um, yeah, we'll all write them a letter or something on your behalf. Oh, please do. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, if well, everyone could write a letter to Southampton. City Council saying Andy's a little bit lonely. Um, we're worried about him. Might do something stupid. Please yeah. <laughs> approve planning. Yeah, he's spending all his time thinking about Harry Potter names in regional <laughs> UK dialects. Yeah, we'll get on that. Listeners, mobilise. Let's see what we can do for Andy with regards to Southampton Council getting this board game cafe off the ground for him, so he can build a Dice Masters community down there. I've been pretty busy myself as well, actually. I've not done much gaming. I've played a little bit of Dice Masters with yourself online, a little bit of Dice Masters with the lads down at the FLGS, and then uh, non-Dice Masters gaming. The only thing I think I've played in the last two weeks was a little bit of paperback with the hashtag competitive wife. Um, that's a cracker, actually. If uh, It's like, like a debt-building Scrabble, which is about the only way I can describe it. Yes. And some more Hey, That's My Fish with the Kiddywinks. But I might have to pat that one away a little while. It's it's causing argumentative ructions. Well, we can't have that. Yeah, there's so there's a competitive edge to that particular game where you can pull little shenanigans against your opponents, um, and it's not going down very well with uh, the young Miss Six um, in the household, especially when when her younger brother <laughs> pulls those shenanigans. So hey, that my fish might have to get shelled for a little while. But yeah, that's that's it really. Dice masters, dice masters, dice masters. Um, nice. so, yeah, not a lot to not a lot to talk about there. So, without further ado, I suppose let's let's get ourselves into the episode. So, this is a particularly special episode. It's a particularly international episode because not only do we have one, but we have two guests lined up for you this week. Our first guest is our main man in Central Europe. We've got James Bloor, who's the next contestant of the patented Ministry of Dice The Bar competition. Uh, So stick around to see how James does in his quick fire round. And then we have what can only be described as one of Dice Masters' most foremost community luminaries in uh, Anthony Weekland out of Detroit who's with us today to talk about some of his thoughts and feelings about where the game is at the moment so it's a pretty pretty intense episode in terms of of international guests but on top of that just because we're all about giving value we've got a great conversation between me and Andy about holding theme events at your FLGS or at your gaming club to bring a little bit more variety to the way that you play Dice Masters, and of course the not-historical Dice Masters segment that you should have had in episode 13. So we hope you enjoy, and I suppose, yeah, anything more to add there, Andrew? No, let's get on with the show. Let's get on with the show. On to the first segment then. Welcome back, listeners, and once again, the Ministry of Dice has got a special treat for you. We've got yet another special guest to speak to today. Joining us from over the water, our European brother, we have James from Dice Masters with James and Zach. Have I got that the right way around? Uh, yeah, I'm easy, whichever, whichever. Yeah, that's right. Hello. Hello. Good evening. Well, good evening as we're recording. How are you today, James? 
I'm very well, thank you, sir. Uh, I've had a I've had a hard day at work, but I'm feeling relaxed and I'm having a cup of tea and talking to you guys, which is very pleasant. Well, we've covered tea. We've already covered tea in a previous episode, so it's nice to hear that that legacy is continuing. Uh, <laughs> however, we'll find some new and exciting subjects to cover with with your good self today, James. So the discerning Dice Masters player should recognise James's voice, as well as they would recognise the back of his hands from the YouTube channel <laughs> Dice Masters with James and Zach. I've got to tell you, man, I, I love what you're doing with you and Zach with the channel. I watch every week. I put it on in the morning. My children are very familiar with your content also because they hang around while I'm listening to you. And I think there's a lot of people who really appreciate what you're putting out there. Well, I'm, 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 I hope it's, I hope, I'm glad that people listen to it. I'm, I'm very happy if it brings pleasure to people in some way. I just have a lot of fun. <laughs> you, well, you are... Just play, play games. You are a pleasure-bringing type of individual, James. The back of your hands are a fine sight to start my I'm day with while I'm preparing for work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so how long now would you say roughly you and Zach have been putting the channel out there? Since the summer, since the first virtual tournament, which is, sure? I think, maybe August. I'm not very good with dates, but de- definitely since the summer. That's when I first met him, playing on online in that, which is which is a great thing. Do it, everybody. Absolutely. Um, it must be about six months now, I guess, or five, something like that. Yeah, it's it's been a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, but I think what people mostly appreciate, I, I well, certainly from my personal perspective, but uh, talking to some of the players over here in the UK, is that whole, let's get a team, a bit of a theme of a team together. You do your little talking through at the front end, which I think really helps people out to say, right, well, this is the team, this is how I put it together. And then getting into the game so that people can kind of see it happening for realsies and, and how um, it takes place. And I love it when you kind of take two meta teams and test them out against each other to see what's happening so my thanks and the thanks of a grateful home nation it's really nice to actually have some feedback because we we don't we don't get much we sort of do it in a vacuum and we can see how many people are watching and it seems that that seems like pretty decent numbers but like i say we just we just have fun doing and i'm really happy if if people are watching it and enjoying it thank you everybody That's, that's great well, there you go. You're welcome. I didn't know you were unaware. Although, actually, we experience that a little bit ourselves, don't we, Andy? We sometimes throw stuff out there and think, is it anyone even... What's what's happening with this stuff? <laughs> yeah. um, I saw a great tweet the other day, a patented Chris Tangent for you here, where a guy put out saying, if you consume someone's content, take a moment to tell them that you enjoy it, because most of the time, they only ever hear from vitriolic, nasty little trolls. <laughs> you know. And I've had a few of them in my time since I've started blogging and, and podcasting, that's for sure. Um, but I, I, feel, I find them sp- like sport. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'd like to take time to thank you too as well, because you, you bring pleasure to millions. To, um, <laughs> millions? Millions. Well, you know, wow. Wow. <laughs> Tens of people listen to Tens, this. Yeah, absolutely, mate. No messing. I think we may have even broken like 20, 25. It's worth it. Just for them. Dude, I'll tell you for, what. For me, for me, in terms of content, sorry, sorry to interrupt, Chris. But, That's uh, okay. I think Zach had Zach, Zach was already thinking about the idea when we played, and uh, he was he was quite up for creating this channel. And for me, I sort of came to it. I remember when when I watched the finals, the World Finals, and there was that Shield Ring team, the super guy, the the, the mm. Mexican guy, a really nice team. And I wanted to watch more. I wanted to watch more. And I watched. I think the finals were were on Twitch or something. But after that, I wanted to see more of this that that Shield Ring team specifically played. And there was there was not enough sort of content gaming content online so that's that was my motivation to do it and then i met zach and he had had some sort of similar idea 
and he asked me if I'd like to do it. So, so for me, it's like fun and also providing some content which would be useful to me if if I was watching it. Yeah, yeah, and it's great. It works, man. We really enjoy it. Thank you very much. Yeah, um, there was a good there was a good game. I think about two or three before the finals that was uh, streamed on Twitch. Yes, I saw that yeah. actually. Yeah, it was me. <laughs> did you not know, James? Andy went to Worlds. No. He did, oh, yeah. God. He'll have to, we'll, we'll, have to tell you about it. He'll tell us yeah. about it sometime, yeah, sure. Um, he'll have to tell us <laughs> Speaking of which, the reason Andy went to Worlds, of course, is because he's the UK national champion 2017. But I'm actually online with two national champions today because, in fact, James, you are the Central European national champion, are you not? I am indeed. I'm wow. a super national champion. So, yeah, so uh, congratulations on that, my man. Uh, tell us a little bit about Thank the scene you. over there. Ooh, well, I got into it in 2015, which that's like two and a half years ago, when my mate Edo showed me uh, a Justice League pack that he bought. And I had a look at the dice and held them in my hand, and was uh, it was just lovely. It was really nice. <laughs> and I'd always liked, uh, since I was a kid, I liked Marvel comics. So comics and lovely feeling dice. And I was just getting into board games with Edo at the time. So I went back to, to Britain in the summer and I got Age of Ultron starter pack and played it with my daughter, Izzy, who was, I think, six at the time, across the sort of dining room table. And it was brilliant. And then I came back because um, I, I live in Slovakia, so I was just there for a couple of weeks, came back. And about six months after that, I just played with Edo for a bit for six months. And then something like the February after that, Edo found out that there was actually uh, it already in existence a gaming club uh, playing playing Dice Masters. And I couldn't believe my luck. And so that was about ooh, two years ago now. Fated be, really. to be. Uh, yeah. And there was about, there was about between eight and 15 people every week, something like that. Sometimes it's, you know, it's down to maybe four or six and it's a bit, sure. bit lame. Yeah. And in the summer it goes down a bit. For bigger events, we have as many as, I don't know, 16, 18, something like that. Very good. Um, so it's been, pretty, it's been pretty good considering it's not a massive city. It's, I don't know, about 300,000 people. Right. And it's not it's not the capital city, and we no. get support from um, Ihrisko in the capital city, which is a which is the sort of friendly local game shop in in a city which is 500 kilometers away, and they're they're very supportive. Um, the guy who runs that is a lovely man, and he he does the promos for us, and he sort of liaises with with kids and stuff. So we've managed. It, there's been good times and bad times, and it, during the summer it always sort of drops off horribly, but. It's been pretty good, and I'm very lucky to have people to play with locally, to be honest. Yeah, that's great. And and your uh, this Central European Championship that had individuals, I think you were telling me before we, we started recording, from uh, Hungary, Slovakia, did you say Poland? Did I make that up? They, they do, they, I think they play hero clicks in Poland, not, ah. not Dice Masters, but yeah, um, from the Czech Republic as well. Sure, sure. Very good. Very good. Sounds like a, a thriving scene there. That's great. To, to get up to a good 16 or 18 players in a small <laughs> scene like that is, is is great news, man. We've often talked about getting something going, you know, getting a bit of a European thing going. Do you guys ever yeah. get over for things like the Games Expo over here or anything like that? Some uh, Like the guy who I was mentioning from Bratislava and somebody from local place, Dan, I think they, they went to Essen, which is a big thing, isn't it? Sure, that's Germany, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 but um, probably not to Britain. I, I personally haven't, and I don't. I guess nobody else has. Sure, but sure. we might. You never know. Yeah, well, if you do, look us up. We'll Certainly be there. Well. I'll bring some dice. 
Well, undoubtedly, I'll have some dice with me. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's without question. Yeah, very good. Okay, so are you f- fluent in what are they, is it? Slovakian? Is that the right? Correct. I call it Slovak. Some people call it Slovakian. I think both are acceptable terms. Sure. Um, you, uh, yes, I'm fluent in the sense that I can sort of speak without hesitation. But I wouldn't say I'm exactly accurate. Uh, I would be easily distinguished uh, as not a native speaker. Sure. But if I was to ask you, for example, hypothetically, to say live on a podcast recording something like Dice Masters is the best game in the world in Slovak, <laughs> would you be able do to do that? I would say Dice Masters je najlepšia hra vo svete. Indeed, it is true. You could have said anything there, James. You could have absolutely said anything there. Just, just, just like a special, a special little treat for you, for our Slovak listeners. <laughs> I used to have this little phrase book when I was uh, when I first came, uh, and it was a tiny little phrase book with with the most useful phrases in, such as "vizletiem sa do polpasa a cvičim pri otvorenom okne." Do you know what that means? Uh, I, I don't know. Please, can you help me cross the street? <laughs> it means. I strip to the waist and exercise by an open window. <laughs> uh, words I find myself saying every single day out aloud. Definitely. You never know. You never know when you might need them. <laughs> well, I will listen to this recording a number of times as I prepare it for, <laughs> yeah, yeah. for release. So I will commit that to memory just ready for the day. <laughs> very good. Well, welcome, James. Thank you very much for uh, having a little chat with me there. But getting down to it, never mind all this bump, you're here for a very specific, serious reason, are you not? I'm excited. I'm Indeed. Excited good. I'm pleased to hear it. So at this point now, I'm going to hand over to my esteemed colleague, Mr. England, who, Bonjour. Uh, who's going to set, set us off on the next path. Yeah, that's right. It's time for the, uh, the next round of The Bar. Right. Yeah. This is very, very exciting. We need to think up a good theme song. Well, I tell, so I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll chuck the mastermind theme in somewhere about now. And that'll do for, for the time being, but we'll figure something out down the line. I, I thought you might have recorded me a jingle, Andy. Well, if, if you want me to, I'm more than happy to. I don't want you to, but I think my children would appreciate it. <laughs> cool. I'll, I'll leave well. that in your capable hands. But uh, yes, we're here to do the the next it's round nice. of the Ministry of Dice, the bar. And James, you are going to be our next competitor. I can barely contain myself. I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> I can tell. But just, just keep just keep it. Just put your t-shirt back on. Shut the window. And get ready to go. <laughs> right, right. So, Andy, for anyone who hasn't heard the last guest that competed in the bar, would you, do you want to just explain the rules for us, please? Yeah, it is two minutes of quick-fire questions. If you get it right, then I'll say correct. If you get it wrong, I'll give you the correct answer. And if you pass, then uh, we'll go straight on to the next question and we will recap at the end, if we remember. Chris will tot up how many you get right. Won't you, Chris? I will. Yes, certainly. Be happy to. Uh, also time us for the two minutes. Indeed. And we discussed this before, and your specialist subject is the Age of Ultron set. Ooh, My first set. Your first set, first yeah. Set. Very exciting. All right, let me... Do you know what I didn't do? I didn't get a pen and paper again. Oh. Sorry, I've got, <laughs> I've got my iPad here. I'll, I'll, I'll jot it down on the iPad. 
Are you going to keep a track of the ones that James gets wrong? What, what mm. am I saying? Well, you won't need to. Well, no, that's there's any wrong answers, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> right, I've got the timer ready. I'm all good to go. Right, give us a count in and then I'll start. Okay. Are you all set, James? I'm ready as, ever, as I'll ever be. Yeah. Okay, your two minutes starts in three, two, one, go. What colour is Black Widow's dice? It's red with black stuff on it. Correct. There are two characters with the villain affiliation in the Age of Ultron starter. Ultron is one. Who is the other? Ooh, bloody hell. Uh, pass. Okay, look. Uh, what is the name of the only five-cost basic action card from the Age of Ultron set? Assemble. Correct. What energy type is Spider-Woman? She's a... Oh, Christ. Uh, she's a fist. Correct. Uh, the uncommon Nick Fury life model decoy has two affiliations, Avengers and what? Shield. Correct. What is the subtitle of the super rare Jocasta card? Patterned after Janet. Correct. What keyword was first introduced with the Age of Ultron set? Overcrush. Although it's Team Watch. One minute um, left. Ultron drone global. Pay what? Choose an opponent. Correct. What is the subtitle of the common rocket raccoon? Ooh, pass. What energy type is Loki? He's a bolt. Correct. What energy type is Loki's scepter? Uh, mask. Correct. Uh, name the basic action card with the ability, draw two dice and put them in your prep area. Nasty plot. Correct. What colour is the Thanos die? It's yellow-ish. Correct. <laughs> Giant Man is awesome. What is his attack at level three? Seven. Correct. There are four Ten seconds. zombie character dice in the set. Magneto, Electro, Red Skull and who? Five. There are, there are four what? There are four zombie character dice uh, characters in the set. Oh, Mag- King, King Time. There's Magne- uh, Mag- uh, <laughs> Magneto's what? Electro. What was the other one? Red, Red Skull and who? Red Skull and Jesus. Another zombie. No, I don't know. Pass. Is uh, Gladiator. Oh, is that is that time, Chris? That's time. I'm going to do one more because we faffed and I started and stopped a couple of times. So. The last one is, what is Hawkeye, formerly Ronin's, when fielded ability? Um, you have to block him or the character takes two damage? Oh, it's close. It's when fielded, an opponent gains two life. Oh, that one. Oh, that awful one. Okay. That's really <laughs> bad, isn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's, that seemed like an absolute stonker of a round. How did, how did he do? Oh, dear. (laughs) There has been a breakdown in the system. (laughs) Did you not top the scores up? I might have accidentally closed the window on my iPad. (laughs) (laughs) I'm experiencing some... Hang on. Let me do the double tap. Yeah, so... um, I didn't... Yeah... (laughs) <laughs> Let me get a pen and paper. 
<laughs> that is so classically me. Yeah, uh, so I was concentrating so much on the timer that I shut the my notes. <laughs> uh, also, just while we're on my notes and while Andy's totting that up, the last note I made to myself was 88 by 63. Oh, right. Inches. And... <laughs> <laughs> um, th- there was like about 3,000 jokes that flew through my head just then um, <laughs> no so I'll tell you what that is that is the measurement of a Dice Masters card right yeah. right okay I've totted it up we'll go through the answers that you passed first quite a lot of them there wasn't too many um, so we have got the character the second villain in the Age of Ultron starter is Vision Oh, Christ, yeah. Okay. The subtitle of Common Rocket Raccoon is Blam Murdered You. That's a good subtitle. Is awesome. The four characters is Magneto, Electro, Red Skull, and Gladiator, which I think is mm-hmm. it. Um, and then I think you've got the rest right. So are you ready for your score? I'm ready. I'm ready as well. So far, we have got Chris on six and Michaela on nine. And you have got 12. Wow. The bar has been raised. (laughs) I'm so pleased you... I could could do that all night. It was really fun. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how many more questions you had left, did you, Andy? Uh, I had one, two, three, four questions left. So we we absolutely powered the room. Yeah, well done, James. Well done. What a tremendous performance. I've seen the questions, and I still probably wouldn't have got the answers right. (laughs) I had no idea. Like, Gladiator, what? I don't know where you dragged this stuff up from, Andrew. So that Hawkeye, I knew that one. I'll tell you why I knew that one, because it was one of the original contenders for the So Bad It Could Be Good team. Yeah, I should have got that one. Yeah, Mm. that's true. I had it well committed to memory, but I had no idea on some of the other stuff. Uh, I would have said for Rocket Raccoon, big flarking gun. Is, there, is that, have I made that up in my head or is that a one-two? That is one. I think it's the Uncommon. Or it might be in a different set. It might be in Civil War, actually. Yeah, that that... Might, yeah I think that might be the case. Sure, sure. Is it flarking or farking? I don't know how you mean. Uh, take your pick. Yeah, either I way. Th- I think they both... Flarking be... with an L. With an L? Yeah. I... I feel that they both communicate the message that Rocket was trying to put across there. (laughs) 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 One way or another, you know. (laughs) Well, that's excellent. Well done, James. 12. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I think think there should be a Dice Masters quiz book. And I think Steve McEwen should write it along with Andy. I think you could co-write it together. (laughs) That'd sell. That'd sell millions. Well, all right. Not millions. Yeah, all all our tens of millions of listeners. (laughs) Metaphoric millions, that would. (laughs) <laughs> well maybe, maybe we'll get into that maybe we'll get into that a uh, discord ministry of dice collaboration there yeah very good very good so that's a that's a hefty score for our next contender to beat we we've already started lining up your competition but we're keeping it under our hat right now james mm. so you'll have to you'll have to <laughs> tune in next month to find out whether you maintain your crown or not and we're planning on running this all the way through the year, so let's let's see who takes the Military of Dice, the Bar Championship. We'll uh, should we round it up at Christmas, Andy? Do you think you could write twenty questions every month, every month for the next eleven months? How's that sound? 
blinding yeah look forward to that (laughs) (laughs) yeah so excellent there we go well done thank you very much james so we're going to wrap it up there thanks so much james for coming along playing the bar and having a little bit of a chat with us everybody get yourselves over to youtube to check out dice masters with james and zach where you'll see those fine backhands for your pleasure in the meantime folks thank you so very much for listening on to the next segment Welcome back, folks, to this next section of episode 14. And what we'd like to have a chat about in this section is the idea of theme events. We think that one of the great things, the most attractive things about Dice Masters is that outside of your kind of competitive, open, constructive formats, there's lots of opportunity to really make your events and and make your casual competitive play have a a bit of a twist to it. Uh, Well, we'll talk about it, but can take you into different places and playing with your cards in different ways that just really adds value and makes it a lot more fun so i think andy we're planning on me just sharing a few of the ideas that we do down mine flgs or some of the other stores i'm aware of introducing some people to some new ideas and talking about why we think that's a great thing yeah that's right i mean i am a member of the facebook group that you guys uh, set up the other nights at element games and it's always really interesting to see kind of what you're doing it's always something a bit different something to keep it fresh keep it exciting get team building around an idea so yeah excited to hear all the different things that you guys have been up to yeah okay cool so uh, what i kind of did preparing to uh, record this section now is i sort of broke it down into into three little areas and i popped these these themes in into into three little pots and uh, the first part i've kind of called the classic which i suppose are the the more obvious ones that are almost pointed to in the game and the way the game's set up i then went for my second pot which i kind of called the flavor which was still very much kind of open constructed approaches, but had some small restrictions or interesting restrictions to bring a bit of flavour to the game. And then uh, my third pot was just like the weird and wonderful way you can do all sorts of strange stuff to to, to just totally mess with the way you build your teams and and uh, play the game. So that, that's kind of how I've broken it down. So I'll start with the classic, I think, and uh, we are big fans at my FLGS, and I know this goes on in a lot of other places, of uh, such approaches as the single affiliation night or the single set night. And so single affiliation night is is pretty much what it says on the tin, that all your cards that um, form up your core eight team should all share the same affiliation symbol. You know, X-Men, Avengers, Justice League, Titans, Villains, etc, etc. But, you know, we, we, we even play around within that format a little bit too. So we've done stuff where we've restricted the actions. We have a very loosey-goosey rule around if you're playing actions with your single affiliation, then you have to be able to thematically justify it when you arrive on the night. <laughs> you know, you can't be chucking a vibranium shield into a Batman team, you know. However, you know, a Batarang or a Batmobile, of course, would be considered perfectly suitable. So, yeah, they're pretty straightforward, but I think they do take you to places where you might be playing with cards that gather a bit of dust now and again, because you'll have an idea of a win condition that you might generally use in an open constructed format, but then have to turn to other supporting cards because your usual go-tos have been taken off the menu for you, you know. Um, So I've been playing some X-Men teams recently. I'm a fan of Cold Gun, as I've mentioned before, and I like playing with Blob quite a bit at the moment as my kind of removal and control. But in that X-Men team, they're clearly not options because Cold Gun doesn't thematically sit right with it and Blob's... uh, well, an enemy of the X-Men. And so I've been looking at things like, well, in Golden Cerebro, the action that lets you KO dice when you field X-Men. I've been looking at things like Storms, 
new awaken game text that sit on cards like dupe and jubilee you know so it just it just gets you looking at your card set a bit differently or well and the same in single set you know where you're playing events where you can only play with cards in one set so i would describe them as the kind of classic approaches you know all D D one night or single affiliation and that i think takes us back to something that you said a long time ago andy about you know well how would captain america fare up against a red dragon let us find out yeah, that was from episode like a pilot episode, wasn't it? Yeah, it was absolutely. Yeah, see, you couldn't have asked me a question about that on my turn on the bar, could you? <laughs> <laughs> I, re- but, I remember that bit. Yeah, I mean, the affiliations is is cool. It's like telling a story part of Dice Masters where you can have the you know the Avengers characters up against some nasties or even like up against themselves but yeah you tell the story you can kind of thematically imagine the, the characters in the field kind of fighting against whoever's opposing them uh, yeah i really like that idea yeah yeah absolutely and i think it, it's quick and easy to put teams together around single sets or single affiliation ideas or, or even just mono intellectual property you know um but we have a lot of fun with it and 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 also i think one of the things is when it comes to your your modern constructed and your golden constructed formats that that people play a bit more competitively you find little combos that you might not ordinarily have found or, or hit upon little ideas because you're trying to make something work like I said before, that you wouldn't do if you didn't have go-to mm-hmm. cards. So it could be a lot of fun, yeah. So that's that's what I would consider like your kind of sort of classic formats. Uh, single affiliation, single set, um, themed around one intellectual property. But then we do a lot of stuff to add flavour, and this is like my pot number two, the flavour pot. So we've definitely played what's widely known in the open, in the in the bigger community as the little cup, the middle cup, and the big cup stuff. These were ideas, formats that were popularised by Shadow Meld and RJ Retro. Was it on the Attack Zone, the first season of the Attack Zone, way back when? Oh, that's going back a, back a bit, isn't it? I, I, I think so. I think yeah. so, yeah. I miss RJ, actually. Do you? That, that guy had a radio voice. <laughs> yes, he did. He definitely did. He really did. RJ, if you're listening, we miss you. Come back. He did a little guest stint on the reserve pool not too long back, actually. I don't know if you if you caught that. And if any listeners didn't, go back and check that one out. In fact, he talked about Little Cup, even, on that very episode. So, yeah, Little Cup and Middle Cup. And I don't think people largely did Big Cup. But the concept there was that Little Cup would be you could only make your teams out of starter set and common cards. And your middle cup would then open that up to be starter set, common and uncommon cards. So you would restrict your super rares and, and your rares there. Uh, and the idea really, in terms of what Shadow Meld and RJ Retro were trying to do, was to really illustrate the fact that you could have lots of fun and, and, and competitive games at a low cost. You know, at a very low cost that you could secure and make great teams with starter sets or you know cheap second-hand market singles, you know. Again, it's just placing that that little restriction to add a bit of flavour to your team building puts you in a place where you're thinking about, you know, what's my win con here? With this win con, I would normally have that, but that's now not accessible to me. So what? Where do I go? What dusty cards in a in a box or in a binder somewhere can can actually fill that gap? And sometimes you find really fun and interesting stuff going on. My man Duncan down at Element Games, he comes up with all sorts of crazy ideas when we do stuff like that. So there's one for for folks to think about: little cup and middle cup we've done stuff playing around with the purchase costs so we've done uh, what we call battle of the titans where we say five cost or higher only 
and then we've done what we call weenie wars which is restricted at three cost or lower only so again just kind of apply, applying a restriction to the teams that you're building to add that bit of flavor that i've been describing and that's fun you know the uh, the battle of the titans well that one went a bit pear-shaped really because everyone just played professor x and jinzo <laughs> yeah i remember you saying I think you should try it again, but maybe ban them. Maybe restrict them, yeah. see what wonderful combos. Yeah, absolutely. But it's something, again, I'm just putting ideas out there that people might want to explore and play around with because I think, going back to what I said right at the beginning of this segment, I think it's one of the things that Dice Masters can allow you to do really well is play around with your formats in this way. So purchase costs is something to play around with. We've done energy types, you know, where you, your whole team must consist of one type of energy, mask, shield, bolt, or fist. Just this week, just gone, we did ladies' night where all, all your cards had to be female. Again, just an interesting restriction. I've got to tell you, though, man, the ladies of Dice Masters are a tough crowd. <laughs> if you, the shrieks. Yeah, although we actually banned Street, we restricted Street. But if you, if you look back over the history of Dice Masters over the two and a half, three years that it's been around, some of the most popular, powerful meta cards really have been the female of the species that those girls know how to have good quality superhero combat <laughs> that's <laughs> no two ways about it it was a really fun night and i enjoyed the team that i played with and i enjoyed seeing what other people built so ladies night is another interest, interesting one so yeah stuff like that and uh, energy types as well what we did and this is probably moving more into the wacky stuff is we did what we call energy quads one week and this was where we set the challenge where everyone builds a four card team that is single energy. So you'd have four bolt cards, four shield cards, four fist cards, and four mask cards. Then at the outset of every round, you would roll a sidekick dice, or well, two in fact, two sidekick dice, and then make your team of eight up of the combination of two fours that match the two sidekick dice energies that you just rolled. Oh, nice. Yeah, so if I was to roll my dice and I rolled a bolt and a shield, I would then put my four bolts and my four shields together, and that would be my team of eight. And then we just put like this extra little rule that if you rolled a question mark, you got a choice. You could just pick what four you wanted to use. If you rolled a sidekick, your opponent chose for you. Nice, I like that. Yeah. Um, so that was fun, and that was a real team-building challenge, you know, because you had to build it in a way of, well... Each combination has to make sure it's got a bit of ramp going on and each combination needs a bit of a win condition going on and each combination needs a bit of protection and defensive strategies in it. And each, you know, I need a bit of spot removal, but what's my spot removal going to be if I end up with, you know, shields and, and fists <laughs> kind of thing? Is is there a card that would suit that? So, you know, just again, going back to this idea that those dusty cards, you look at them differently and you get them out on the table and used, you know, uh, and rolling dice that, that goes, largely unrolled um which is cool so and that takes me into the kind of wacky stuff because i suppose that sits less in, in the middle pot and more into the wacky kind of stuff but yeah they're just interesting twists i feel like i'm talking a lot here man do you have anything to contribute at this point <laughs> <laughs> um no <laughs> okay then i'll i'll just i'll just That's most of the gaming up. that i've done it's always been smash your face try and eke as much out of a team as much as possible when you're paying your 100 games it's all very samey as you are learning with my uh, training yes i am learning that and i did indeed confess listeners to andy the other day that 
I'm now starting to feel a little bit bored of the team that I've been, <laughs> I've been playing with over and over and over again. And that's that, that mad restlessness that I've described before compared to your ability to kind of hone in, really get to know and understand your team. <laughs> um, yeah, OK, well... well, well I- had a good game with Andy May. I mentioned on the last episode yes. where we had to buy two dice in your opponent's turn before you could win. That threw up a massive amount of conundrums and, and trying to work out how to do it quickly and, and make the most of it. He brought a force attack label as well, which meant that for the most part, you have to knock out one of your characters in able to purchase something else. And then we were dragging through each other's characters before we could <laughs> get them knocked out in the opposite's turn. It was just is a thinking game. It was right brought a lot more into it where you, you're trying to first you've got to build a team to try and do that and then you've got to try and work out how to do it and win as well it's um it's interesting is it's, yeah it's cool it's, it's something certainly i'd be i'm keen to do more of yeah sure sure i mean i know theme te- theme formats are very popular so i was talking to our man tj boz up in scotland playing out of settlers and he was telling me about a format that they like to do so w- what they've done is they've got some colored gems they've dropped them in a dice bag and then uh, the to down there has determined some in- weird and wonderful game states that each of these gem represents then at the outset of each round in the casual event they draw a gem out the bag and the corresponding colour then kicks off that game state. So you might be playing around with a team that you've sweated over and built, but the gem says that you're not allowed to buy basic actions through the whole round. Or, you know, or no card over the cost of five is allowed to be purchased. Or I, I forget some of the specifics, but it sounded like a really interesting way of kind of influencing how you go about playing and things you might yeah. want to think about building your team. Yeah, I've, I've played a similar game to that, but it was... Um... Instead of gems, a bag, it was car keys in a bowl. <laughs> what the hell was I talking about? Totally lost it. We're talking about Theme the guys games. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was a really interesting way of doing it. And I, and actually, um, I know that like Troy on one of our most recent uh, virtual uh, events, he set like an achievements pool where you, you earn extra points if you if you completed certain achievements. Um, which is sort of in a similar vein, isn't it? Because it affects the way you go about building your team to try and achieve certain things. So, yeah, that's a really interesting, wacky one. Uh, we've done stuff as well down at my FLGS, like translucent dice only. <laughs> you know, your whole team has to be made up of cards that have translucent dice. Again, just to really open up the avenues into looking at and taking an interest in cards that you might not ordinarily pick up and play with, you know. And then finally, another one that um, has been talked about on the Reserve Pool podcast a few times, so go back and root through some of their stuff if, if you're interested, uh, is where you do, uh, and again, uh, Dice Dice Kitty again also did this, where you have a kind of weekly league where you eliminate the winning team every week and that you have a restrictions list that builds up. So each week a team wins an event, the cards that made up that team then go on a restricted list and no one's allowed to use them in future teams. Um which I think is a really interesting way of building it. But I suppose you'd have to make sure that your player base was regular and committed and, f- and frequently turning up enough for that to take place, mm. you know. Um, but uh, another idea that kind of places you in an, in an interesting conundrum, you know. Do I go right out the gate with my anti-pure-blood cosmic cube combo, but know that then nobody can play it again for the rest of the event, you know, rest of the <laughs> league? Or do I, do I be a little bit more tactical? You know, do I get my, my lantern, save the lantern ring until I know all the bishops and Wonder Woman's have been eliminated? You know, <laughs> uh, which I think is a, a, an interesting tactical element 
Um, although perhaps a little bit more on the competitive side than what I try to achieve down at my store. Um, yeah. So there you go. That's that's about all the ones I can think of off the top of my head to just ramble on at the listeners about. I really think that the game lends itself so well to having some more fun kind of exploration of different ways of playing it because of the way it's constructed and all those lovely little touches that they throw in there, like the affiliations. And it really has helped me keep the game alive down at my local gaming store. There's no two ways about it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why you have such a good kind of consistent turnout to the events. And it's all the different kind of themes and and how you've, you've run it with all the different kind of thinking each week and building teams and getting getting people interested. Because you put it out there, usually or is it on a Sunday or a Monday, saying, so, you know, we do it. No, it's usually a week before, isn't it? Yeah, Where's so... We, we tend to have a chat about it on so we play on a Tuesday night we tend to have a bit of a chat with about it at the close of a Tuesday night then I'll put some thoughts into it for a few days and I generally try and put it out on a Saturday or a Sunday so that people have got you know a couple of nights to put the team together yeah because when you've got a group of people and say if you think about a team that you're going to take uh, over the course of the week when it gets to the night in question you, you get home and, and you have dinner and you think actually do you know what I just want to slob in front of the TV which I think is what can affect a lot of people kind of when you go back out in the evening yeah and they've thought about building the team uh, over the course of the week and you put that effort in and you've got excited about how you're going to play it you've got more incentive then to, to go back out there and you've got the basis towards kind of having a consistent amount of people playing over a course of, of weeks yeah i agree yeah? um yeah. and uh, communication is obviously very important when you're doing this type of stuff that you've got good channels to let people know what's going on or that you're well prepared that should a noob rock up and they obviously haven't been aware of it you know i sometimes carry a second team with me just in case kind of thing so you have to be well prepared and you have to communicate well and you have to keep it welcoming enough that you know, some of the some of my more infrequent players can can dip in and out of it at their leisure, sort of thing. But it doesn't take much time, I don't believe. It's just a bit of careful facebooking, you know, um, and and having some conversation with your store. Yeah, yeah it's cool. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. There's a little list of some themey, casual theme event ideas to share. I would be very interested to know of other curious little themes that people have played so please head over to britroller6.com find the post that this podcast has been advertised on and head to the comments and just drop some stuff in there or track us down on facebook let us know because i'd love to uh, i'm always open to new ideas so i can keep doing this down my store and uh, maybe we'll return to this idea and share a few if people send a couple over to us yeah no that would be cool yeah let us know what uh, what you do you do anything different do you do anything uh, out of the ordinary let us know and we will um, we can uh, share it with the world yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very good. Okay, we'll wrap that one up there then. On to the next segment. Welcome back, folks. Thanks for sticking with us this far. Hopefully I've done a better editing job on this, but I feel like there might be quite long segments up till this point. However, this is a very exciting segment, I think, because Andy has asked for this time. I've got no idea what it is, but I'm led to believe that it marks the return of one of our most popular sections. Would that be right? It would be right, mate. You're bang on. Yeah. It's a return to historical dice masters. Yeah. Historical <laughs> figures dice masters. Historical what? Historical figures dice masters. That was its full term. That was the full title. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just going to be very clear with our listeners right now. I have no idea <laughs> what's going. So I do not know which historical figures 
and he's chosen to build his cards around. So let's all get into this yeah. together. What have you got for us? I was thinking on the follow-up, and then first thing that, that sprang to mind is that Wizkids didn't actually contact us about making it. No, which no, they didn't. There's something not quite right, something that they didn't like. So I had to have a think about that. So what, sure. what can we push forward next Okay. that they might actually take on board and do? The other thing I thought was that maybe they want to create the cards. Maybe they didn't quite like the fact that we'd gone that far. Mm. So I thought, you know, just, just the idea, let's just throw some ideas and then they can get, you know, Mike, they've got Mike Elliott. They don't want us doing his job for him. So what, what can we do next? And then the card came out from Guardians of the Galaxy, which was Angela. Okay. Yeah. And, and I'm not really up in uh, my comic book law, so I thought it was a little bit odd that they had a card and the character was called Angela. Who's Angela? You know, does she work in the corner shop? Is it Angela from Bernardo's down the road? It's, just a, <laughs> it's a random name. It's just like this random person that's got a card. Oh, obviously, it is a comic book character, but mm. yeah, I didn't know that. So I thought, well, what about not historical figures, Dice Masters? <laughs> <laughs> not historical not. figures, Dice Masters. So just the general life of general people in Dice Masters. <laughs> I need to explain it further. Okay. So, think about your daily life. You go to work. Yeah. Every day's a battle. You sure. complete tasks. Yeah, yeah. You're trying to get promotion. Yeah. All those kind of things. Let's build that into a set for Dice Masters. <laughs> so, so I've kept it quite small, quite kind of punchy. Sure. See if I can uh, get some uh, momentum going. So this is... <laughs> Not historical figures, Dice Masters. I've made a little team pack. Okay. And I've not gone into specifics. So I've just gone with the character and their three subheadings. So they're common, uncommon and rare. <laughs> right, so we'll, we'll run through them. So it's, it's kind of office based. So you've got Barbara. Okay, Barbara. Sub- sure. Barbara. Subtitle. Bab. <laughs> Head of HR. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah. So you've got that's her like common. Her uncommon is Barbara recruiting young apprentices. <laughs> See? Little... That's what you did little, there. Yeah, yeah. That's what you nod. did there. Yeah, yeah. yeah I like it. <laughs> and then uh, her rare Barbara, you're fired. <laughs> you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> but Barbara from HR. She's Barbara firm, but fair. Bit of a cougar. <laughs> and, th- and then it runs on this theme. So the next one is Gemma. Gemma, subtitle accounts. Right, okay. Barbara. Gemma, computer says no. <laughs> Gemma, office bicycle. <laughs> Right, Gemma from Accounts. <laughs> Next is, is Darren from IT, Darren IT. Okay. Uh, or Darren, have you tried turning it on and off? Yeah, okay, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Darren, out for lunch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then Dennis, the apprentice. Right. Uh, Dennis, T-boy. Yeah. Dennis, admin error. Admin error. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So do you get the, you get the theme, I get the, the gist. Idea, so yeah, yeah, totally get the idea. Yeah. 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 Uh, so a few more. You got Gordon Field Sales. Right. Yeah. Uh, Gordon Exaggerated Stories. Yeah. Gordon Christmas Party Legend. <laughs> uh, Hannah Receptionist. Hannah Two Hour Lunch Break. Hannah Christmas Party Shame. Right. <laughs> co- co- maybe a combo might be in there with Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And then last one, we've got Nigel, middle management. Nigel fixes the photocopier. 
Nigel sweat patches. <laughs> Nigel comb over. <laughs> yes. Um, so, so that was the thought. Is is a, a brief? What's the word I'm looking for? A, a brief kind of pitch, just to, to give a taster out there. Okay, let's let's forget historical dice masters. You didn't like it. I don't know why. I thought it was good, but not historical figures. Dice masters. It's a win. So the realms of possibility in this are enormous, more so than historical dice masters even. So you've done obviously an office-based one. You could do the postal service. Exactly. You know, and you could have Pat the postman and Joe the sorting officer. (laughs) (laughs) You could do the supermarket as another team. The the realms of possibility are endless. You could do, oh, I don't know, even, God, the train station. And you could have the conductor and the ticket office. I can't see what you did there. I see what you did there. And this, for whiz kids, obviously, would give them deep territory to mine for their card inspiration. And it'd be for free. There's no IP on Darren. No, no, you just, get, a, just okay. get some, just get some dude to. You could do stickmen. Yeah. Trisha, the complaints handler. Yeah. <laughs> She's got no copyright on her. <laughs> the CEO, Darren, the CEO. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I see what you did there. Yeah. Uh, so let's put it out to the listeners, I suppose now not historical dice masters where are we sitting with that is this something we need to drive forward certainly custom sets are in fashion right now yeah i saw that firefly one that they got printed out by uh, paul kushner that looks cool looks very cool looks very cool so hey paul if you've got the time maybe you want to throw together a bit of something around not historical figures for us yeah let's see let's see what happens wow yeah the i, I just think the, the the possibilities with this are enormous does Barbara know about the Gordon and Gemma combo? There's some keywords and abilities that, that Mike Elliott could expand mm. and, and make a bit of a story out of. Sure. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure he can't wait. <laughs> uh, well, certainly we can be confident that he listens every week we put an episode out. So he's probably listening right now thinking, gosh, these guys, they need to be on the payroll. Yeah, Eric Lang is going, oh my God, I can't believe I ditched that. Yeah. <laughs> what an idea. A, a, a moment of such creative fertility from Andy. He's moved on. He's moved on. <laughs> and the ideas are just flowing out here. You're just leaking ideas all over the place. It's incredible. So, yeah, Mike, Mike will get all the glory, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, all right. Well, Justin, again, you know where we are. Give us a shout. Andy's ready, willing, and able. Andrew. I'm a little bit concerned at the moment. Why is that, mate? Well, Valentine's is coming up, and I'm a little worried that our admiring public, our, our lovely, lovely listeners, won't know where to send my Valentine's cards. Do you, do you usually get quite a few, though, mate? Oh, mate, it's it's ridiculous. At my desk at work, I can't even sit at my desk at work on the morning of the 14th. It's like a, it's like a paper mountain. The trees cry in fear of my valentine's influx what about you uh yeah i, I get i get that's too mm. <laughs> <laughs> well i'll tell you what we'll publish the address for brit roller six towers somewhere for the listeners to send their cards in but in the meantime should we give them a little bit of a gift i think we should Okay, well, for this Valentine's then, folks, we've got a Valentine's Top 10 for you. 
Is it love or is it lust this Valentine's? At number 10, it's the Art of Seduction. Number 9, the first of two entries for this ring-wielding lovely, it's Carol Ferris with Link Between Hearts. Valentine's is a time to express that unrequited love and declare a secret admiration. At number 8, we've Notice Me. Remember number 7, lads, if you forget to get a Prezi, then hell hath no fury. At number 6, it's always a challenge knowing what to get the good lady her indoors, but diamonds are winners as a girl's best friend. Number 5, there was always that guy or gal at school sweeping up all the cards, stealing hearts. I need you now tonight, I need you more than ever, and if you hold me tight, we'll be holding on forever. At number 4, we have Miri Rian with Capable of Great Love. It's been many years and now she gets on your nerves, but you still need to get a gift for that old ball and chain this Valentine's. That's number 3. For number two, don't break my heart, my achy breaky heart. Valentine's is serious business, don't you know? These are matters of the heart. And finally, at the top spot, don't be cynical. It may seem like a hallmark holiday, but it's not. Valentine's is all about true love. Thank you very much for listening, folks. That brings us to the conclusion of yet another episode of the Ministry of Dice. We hope that you've enjoyed listening to it as much as we've enjoyed recording it. Hey, uh, uh, Chris, are we getting to my bit yet? Oh, um... Oh, Tony. Yeah, um, so... The thing is, Tony, we we try and keep the episode under an hour and we're, we're already kind of at our hour limit. Do you think we might be able to pick it up? Next I mean, episode? I thought you had me for a couple minutes. Yeah, I know, man. I'm really sorry. You it's kept just... it a couple minutes in? Yeah, I've had the timer running. It's just, you know, it's uh, people stress at us for the size of the download as it is. So, uh, I tell you what, come come back and we'll come back to our recording next week and we'll do a bit next week. Is that all right? Okay, that works. Okay. Yeah, cool. Thanks, Tony. All right. Uh, so, yeah, folks, I've been Chris, a.k.a. True Mr. Six. And I've been Andy, a.k.a. Wingardium Leviosa. Hey, 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 you casting spells at me. <laughs> it's Leviosa, not Leviosa. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, this, you will make much, much hay out of this, I believe. So, yeah, there we go, folks. Just before we leave, if you're in the UK and you fancy coming along to a fun Saturday event, then check out the Facebook group. I've got my own event I'm running on Saturday, the 17th of February at Element Games. Please do come along. I've lined up a great little prize pool for that. But that, that'll do for tonight. I'm, I'm off to Facebook to start yet another debate about Cosmic Cube and Yanti. <laughs> Bye-bye. James, I would love it if your next episode you jotted down a little message for me on the back of of your hands.
Oh, I could do that. Yeah, all right. I all would right, love that. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, do, do the whole thing in marigolds. <laughs> <laughs> or like Madonna-style lace gloves. I could do yes. different, gloves, different gloves every time. Mate, there's so many opportunities with this that you are yet to explore. 